We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the OBR Film Breakdown, Thursday, December 21st. I think we have a pretty good show for you guys. A lot of information to pass to you. Injury reports come out on both sides of, of a huge AFC uh, matchup here between the Texans and Browns. A lot of implications on the playoffs for both teams. A little more dire from the Texans side, but the Browns, to get where they want to go, have a fantastic opportunity over the next two weeks, and we're going to talk about that opportunity, the specifics around it, you know, how committed the teams will be to their playoff picture, all of that. There's just a lot of good information we looked at before we started, and hopefully we can pass that over to you guys. Uh, before we do so, I do want to reach uh, an extended hug to everybody who took the time to uh, reach out to Andrew and I uh, yesterday and uh, through, you know, probably when you're listening to this this morning, some of you as well to donate some money to the podcast and, and the guys who are doing it here. Um, we really appreciate that. I, I mean, obviously we would never expect anybody to do that, but we wanted to extend the offer because we had some people such as Evan Dawson, who brought the idea forward uh, with the idea that more people would be willing to do the same. And he was proven right, right. That you guys want to reach out and ex- uh, extend uh, some fiscal help to those, you know, the, the, the shows you love, which we have done. Andrew and I have done, for things throughout, you know, our inter- entertainment, sports, movies, whatever, right? Uh, that th- That's a very real thing. And we want to appreciate, We, I mean, to be point blank, I just want to say thank you. Like from the bottom of our heart, thank you for doing that. Um, you know, it's, it's above and beyond the call of duty. And I want to live in a world where this could be free in perpetuity from now until forever. But the, the landscape isn't that way. It's nothing against Blue Wire. We'll still be affiliated with Blue Wire. But the landscape for advertisement has changed and and the desire for where this podcast is going in general has changed. We want to do something unique for you guys that is community-based, driven by the idea that we come together to enjoy the Browns in our own unique way. I think a way that is very process-driven, very thought-provoking, while also sharing levels of expertise, right, to to better enhance our experience as Browns fans and form a good group of people who who want to learn and 
you know, understand what the Browns are doing off the field, understand what the Browns are doing on the field. I think all of that stuff matters. And I think the community aspect is something we're really trying to provide here. So if you missed it yesterday, we're extending an olive branch. If you want to, if you're a loyal listener to, to help us out, help the show out, help the quality out, because a lot of what you guys are donating is going to go to the quality of the show. Right. So I just want to extend that offer again. We put links to places to do that. If you want to do that, we would appreciate it. There's absolutely no pressure to do it. And uh, those of you who did small, large, whatever you donated, again, we, we really want to thank you for that. The pod is going to go in the direction of a subscription based model at some point. The date is to be determined. The landscape for that is to be determined. Some free shows, a couple free shows is likely the route. Some behind a paywall that we think, um, you know, are some of our best content, our best angles, our best understanding provided. We're going to get there. And again, I think it's a great place for a community to form discord. Uh, we're exploring all options, but we want to bring together your voice with our voice and enhance your experience. That's the general goal. And again, it started off yesterday, you guys reaching out, donating, and, and a lot of you DMing me. And I wanted to, again, offer that opportunity. Say you missed yesterday's pod. I didn't want to leave that out again to um, DM and give your thought on this. If you have experience with other podcasts who do this, anything, shoot me a DM. Let me know what you think. Uh, some have been uh, the, the nicest sets of uh, thoughts you guys have sent over, like really, really genuinely. This is the first thing I listen to. It's a part of my everyday routine. Like that stuff makes the entire, you know, practice of this worth it. Staying up late, early mornings, all that stuff worth it to do that for you guys. Cause I think at the end of the day, we're, we're people pleasers. We want you guys to be happy. We want you to like what we're saying. We want you. And sometimes you, you know, sometimes you won't, right. We don't all agree on everything, but like, I think that we want, a community that challenges each other thinks about the Browns differently. And I'm hoping that we provide that for you. Cause I really do think this is the only podcast out there going about it this way uh, on the Brown side of things. So again, bottom of our heart. Thank you. If you want to continue to do that, um, you know, in the coming week or so, you know, more than, more than happy to do that, but we are going to get to a subscription model at some point, And I hope you join us. It will not break the bank. We're not, the goal is here to not make it so expensive. People can't join and get the content they love, but some monetization for the amount of time, effort, and all of that, I think is not something I like to do. I don't think it's something Andrew likes to do, but I think it's the realistic part of the commitment that we're putting into this. I wish it could be free, wish we could have 1,700 ads in there and make it all perfect, but I don't think you guys want the ads. I think you'd rather just hear us talking, getting right to the point, and that's going to be the goal. And there will be some other things down the line that come with it as well, which we will get to all of that. So again, that's the opener. I want to say thanks to so many of you. I will reach out to you all, every single one of you. I know Andrew will on his side too, to say thank you for doing that. So uh, I welcome in Andrew. We're going to start with some injury stuff, but I, I also wanted to give you a chance to, uh, you know, kind of echo the sentiments as well, Andrew, or just tell everybody screw off. You could do that too. I mean, that's totally your call. <laughs> that would be quite a move. Uh, no, you said it really well, Jake. Thank you for laying it out there like that. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's an honor. It's a, I, I, I'm excited to be able to do this. And to know that people are, are appreciative and and kind of want to reach out and support is is a really good feeling, and it motivates me more to to do more, to spend more time uh, thinking about the Browns and dreaming up the craziest conspiracy theories that I can about the team to pique people's interest and you know really turn into the hot take machine that I know everybody wants. Right, I, that's what people are salivating for is more off the wall nonsense about the Browns. So that's what I'm aiming to provide. 
Well, we're uh, going to expect that from you. So, you know, hold up your end of the bargain there, Andrew. Conspiracy theory sell. That's what I've been told. So, you know, we'll see if we can yeah. keep the, keep those in line a little you bit. Give here. them what they want. Give them what they want. Okay, let's start with injuries. We have the Browns actually not practicing today. Kevin Stefanski noted that they didn't go through a live session because they're just beat up. It's the end of the year. They haven't had a bye week since week five. They're recognizing the nature of the roster. And they said we did some walkthroughs, which I think is smart, Andrew. I really do. Um, I think they know who they are at this point. The defense is not overly complicated. As long as they're spending time in the film room, relaxing the bodies, man, doing the walkthroughs, knowing where they're supposed to be. I have absolutely no problem with this because I think the, the largest driving factor for the, for the success of the Cleveland Browns the rest of the year is how their, their bodies feel. Like, I really do. I, at this point, they're so uh, far in the deep of who they are. Like, there's there's nothing to be learn from ramming into each other in practices anymore right so they're going to get out there practice do the timing things they're going to go against scout teams that's all still going to happen but they gave them a day off and i think that was necessary so i commend them for doing that because also we've seen a lot of practice injuries lately seen a lot of pregame injuries lately maybe we could cut back on those that would help a little bit here's who did not estimated did not practice joel batonio amari cooper um, both of those are kind of labeled as rest but joel batonio's back will be a particular interest this week uh, DNP for Miles, again, rest-related, shoulder-tagged. Jordan Kanasic still dealing with a calf injury. David Njoku dealing with uh, the knee uh, knee tag here. And then was on Good Morning Football. I think he was on Good Morning Football or something of the like. and mentioned a toe issue. that It's not listed here, so it must not be that serious. But uh, there was a reference to an in- another injury at home. Maybe David needs to be the man who lives in a bubble because he can't seem to stay healthy when he's away from Berea. Uh, Ogbo Gronkwo has the most mysterious pec injury we've ever seen. So he is apparently going to be uh, recovering potentially to the point that he doesn't need to go. I mean, at this point, IR is into the playoffs. So I don't, I don't really know. I mean, there must be hope. There's got to be real hope he can come back and play. Ethan Posich dealing with the stinger. He's listed as limited. So that's encouraging. Wyatt Teller, rest, ankle, DNP, Thornhill, also with a DNP on the calf's, uh, calf side again. And then Anthony Walker limited. Denzel Ward shoulder, but he's listed as full. So things must be really trending up for him on the side of the Texans. A lot of names. Here's your DNP sides. Will Anderson, fantastic rookie edge dealing with an ankle. Certainly worth watching that one. Nico Collins, one of their best receivers, probably their best receiver since tank Dell's done for the year. He did not play last week dealing with the calf injury. Got a lot of calf injuries these days. He was limited. He's very important to their operation. We'll see if he is uh, able to get out there and go. Brevin Jordan, a backup tight end for them as a DNP because they have lately been dealing with uh, a tight end. Uh, Dalton Schultz has been missing time, but it looks like Dalton Schultz is going to be good to go uh, this week. So a player of a particular contention between you and I, Jake. Yeah. If you'd like to know, guys, I, I do a rule five. You know, I don't I don't know how many people know these these weird details. Basically, in our dynasty, league, you can steal a player. Um, if you don't protect them on your roster, kind of like baseball has a rule five draft. And I stole, uh, I stole Dalton Schultz from Andrew before the season. He is not forgot, as you can tell. And managed to play him exactly the right amount of games to not have to give him back to me. Yeah. Uh, and it's worth mentioning also that my team is terrible and Jake's team is good. Well, you know, I'm having a good year. We'll see. I don't know if it'll carry over having good team chemistry, right? We're, we're leaning into the one week at a time, Andrew. We are dealing with a lot of injuries on my fantasy team too, guys. I know you care about this discussion uh, a, a lot, but but yeah, we're, we're trying to overcome a lot of those injuries. Jonathan Taylor could get healthy. That'd be really, really, uh, really good. He was full participant today. Anyway, we're off the rails. Back to the side of the Texans. 
uh, listed guys that matter. Shaq Mason, uh, the guard for them, dealing with the calf injuries. Well, I'm telling you, so many calf injuries. He's a DNP. Stroud, the most important name on the list is C.J. Stroud, still in concussion protocol. He did not practice. So it's trending. Every day that it's like this, it trends in the wrong direction for him to be playing this weekend. And I feel like the overwhelming vibe is that Keenum is going to go. So, you know, we don't want to get too far out in front of this. We saw what happened with Trevor Lawrence, but this is a different thing. Concussions are strange, and you can never really predict how they're going to how they're going to work out. Um, Laramie Tunzel, their fantastic tackle. He played last week, Andrew, but he left the game dealing with a knee injury. So he was listed as a DNP today. I don't know if he's going to go. It's interesting. He's been battling a knee injury all year. He left the game last week. We'll see if he gives it another go, but he's a DMP, so that's a name to keep an eye on. Their their injury list is quite extensive. Most teams at this point, I guess outside the Bears, have an extensive injury list, but a lot of names to keep people apprised to. But uh, again, I, I like what the Browns did, giving these guys a, a little bit of a day physically, not mentally, a physical day off, because I think they need that, Andrew. I think it's a great decision. Kevin also mentioned they've got a short week coming up after this game. So they've got a a real quick turnaround to New York, which is scary to be on the road, even though they're only going to Houston, it's still a trip. So you're getting in late Sunday night and then you've got to turn around and play Thursday night in your building. That that's just, that's tough. It's really tough. It's tough specifically because of where the Browns are at health wise. And so if they can figure out a way to mitigate the effects of that, Whatever amount of practice they need to miss, I, I it sounds crazy to say, but I'm I'm on board because yeah, the the biggest thing they can't ha- afford is a rash of injuries spurred on by playing Thursday night, second to the last week of the year. Yeah, I really believe, man, that the only thing that's going to stop them from getting where they want to go right now is more injuries. So, to your point, to Kevin's point, uh, no problem with this decision. Next thing we want to get into is the defense, uh, which deserves, we spend a lot of, t- this pod slants offense. Okay, sorry, can't help it. I'm, a, I'm, I'm always looking at things from an offensive perspective, but I feel guilty at times, Andrew, that we haven't talked about the defense enough. And I, I think you see some statistics that will remind you of how special they have been. And we saw another one today from Nate Tice, who used True Media to go back and look at the top defenses since, uh, since 2000. So your top 20 defenses in, Defensive success rate through 15 weeks. The Browns have the best defensive success rate since 2000. That's mind-blowing. They're 15 weeks into this thing with potentially Case Keenum and, and uh, Trevor Simeon or whoever, you know, potpourri at quarterback for the Jets. They have a real chance to do something special, special here. And Jake Browning at the end of the year, right? That's not Joe Burrow. That's Jake Browning, who's been fine, but like... I, I don't know, man. I don't I don't know. I, I'm trying to kind of I, I I guess the question for you, Andrew, do you feel like do you feel like you're watching a historic defense or do you feel like you're watching a really good one? That's my question. I think that there are some times where maybe we only watch our own team so often, you miss out on this league wide stuff because listen, here's the teams that are around them. The two thousand five Bears that went eleven and five. Had a 67.1. The 2002 Bucks that won the Super Bowl, 66.4. The 09 Jets, really good football team that I think beat the Patriots that year in the playoffs. 2008 Ravens, 2008 Eagles. So, I mean, you're talking about the, the number nine team on this list is the 20, uh, sorry, the 2000 Baltimore Ravens. I think they were okay. 
the thing that's amazing to me is you see the 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers defense, which is good, right? Carried them to the playoffs there when the Browns beat them. But that's the only one since 2015, Andrew. There are two defenses on this list since 2015. Yeah. The 2020 Steelers and the 2023 Browns. I mean, I don't maybe I think maybe sometimes we get frustrated with these guys in the moment some things happen here and there, some games, some of these road games that pop up. But it is still jarring to see this number, how they're getting teams off the field, the, the total number of plays that they have played against what everybody else has. Right. And I, I don't really have anything analysis wise to add to this other than like it's just it's kind of amazing. And I think sometimes we let that slip our mind a little bit because we're so worried about how does the offense score? How do they get points? They're struggling. How do they fix it? And this defense continues to do this every week for the most part. couple slip-ups, but for the most part, some unbelievably special stuff going on there that deserves just a couple more segments on our on our random podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And I'm glad that you drew attention to this. We're probably It's probably worth uh, defining success rate. So, so it's a play is successful for the offense when it gains 40% of the yards to go on four, first down, so four yards, 60% of the yards to go on second down, and 100% of the yards to go on third or fourth down. So that's how that gets calculated. It's, it's uh, contextual based on how, what you've got left on the sticks on second or third down. And I think that's it's important to understand that because this is the stat that most showcases what the Browns have been doing successfully this year. There are other metrics where they are not near the top over the past 20 years. But in this particular way, they are, and it's a specific strength of this team that they, they actually give up touchdowns at a much higher rate than the other best defenses in the league. But they give up so fa- so many fewer first downs that overall they still give up the fewest conversions of any team. So they have strengths and weaknesses. I I think when you think about historic defenses, you kind of want to think of them as impervious. The Browns defense is not impervious. It has weaknesses. But their consistency in finding ways to get off the field does make them incredibly unique statistically, and it – makes them into a defense that can stack up against those defenses and in that specific way has allowed the offense to figure things out on a game-by-game basis. I think the most important thing to understand about this defense is that they have not had a game other than the, the Ravens game week four, which was largely influenced by turnovers from the quarterback. They haven't had a game get out of hand on them. You think about the the recent losses where we were harder on them on the road, Denver, Los Angeles, better play from the quarterback down the stretch in those games. The Browns are in contention. So the the what the defense has done better than anything else is kept these games close, put up three and outs again and again and again when the other team had the ball with a chance to extend the lead and really put the Browns' offense in an uncomfortable position the Browns have held. I, and I, I think the only thing I would add is typically when you have that much success, you have flummoxed the other team to such an extent that they start to take more risks and turn the ball over. That's the part that hasn't come along for the Browns. It has in fits and starts, 
but their turnover rate compared to how successful they are in these other areas is still low. And it's, I think it's just a little bit of a statistical anomaly. Yeah. When you consider the turnovers, like you said, the turnovers, the offense is given short fields. Some of the point stuff gets a little skewed and the Browns aren't a turnover machine, right? Like you would, you don't see the Legion of Boom Seattle defenses on here, which is interesting. But you consider that those teams were turnover machines, right? Like the, this, you're, you're spot on saying this is the perfect way to sum up how they're good is the way they limit yards and limit snaps. And so there's some stuff that hasn't worked in their favor and they have not, you know, acquired the turnovers the way you would hope they could. But from a down to down basis, just stopping teams from gaining yards and first downs, they're doing it at a historic pace. And that's something that we should try our best not to overlook, even when we get frustrated. But you also, you know, try to recognize the limitations of, of, uh, and, and again, it's a lot of pressure, Andrew, when you, you know, your offense is so limited to go into every game knowing we have to be our best or we're not going to win, right? There, there's no, we can give up the, the uh, 30 burger unless we chip in for points like the Indianapolis game. Right. There is no route to winning those games right now. There just isn't. So um, a lot of pressure on them and they've delivered. And let's hope they can deliver a few more times and keep the train rolling because they, they like we said, if this is the case, if these are the historic numbers, and you have the best player in that, you know, in that structure, he's your player of the year. And and like the guys getting up on the soapbox, like Kevin, there's no doubt that they're trying to, to angle it up. So let's hope that he can fluff up the stat, uh, stat numbers with these bad quarterbacks with some sacks in the next few games, because, you know, unfortunately that will still be a big part of what everybody looks at. So anyway, um, Next thing we have to do is hit on some around sort of like looking at teams coming for the Browns. We always kind of keep our eye on the division. I thought a hilarious quote today or over the past two days has been George Pickens sort of making an excuse for his non-blocking scenario where he's his excuse to the uh, media. And I wonder if when they slammed the door in the coach's office and talked to him, he said the same thing is that he didn't want to get rolled up on the same way. I think he said Tank Dell, ironically enough, had been rolled up on in the Texans game and came away with his injury. He doesn't show any effort. And what's amazing is the Jalen Warren quote, the Steelers, you know, exceptional young running back uh, saying, I would have blocked for Pickens. Did you see this, Andrew? I would imagine you saw this. I did. And it's music to my ears, obviously. We we will legally, we're, we're required as a Browns podcast to celebrate any time that Pittsburgh Steelers go through trouble like this one of the underrated pieces of the George Pickens story over the past two years from when he was drafted through now is the only reason he wasn't a first round draft pick is is exactly the stuff that we're seeing now yep and when he was producing some highlight real stuff I know that I I <laughs> this one is going to be on my mind for a long time Kevin Clark works for the ringer wrote a glowing glowing personal go and interview the guy type piece this off season. It wasn't quite a puff piece, but it was no mention of the fact that he, you know, it's like, how did he fall to the second round? No, no digging was done. Let me just say that. So, yeah, uh, convenient. and, and listen, I, I get it. It's fun to celebrate guys for being, for being fun. But when the moment things start to go wrong, he turns into this kind of a guy. It feels a little disingenuous to just celebrate him. 
in my mind, even before, because there were examples of this last year, Jake. I remember them very clearly, but that stuff got whitewashed over because he made some highlight reel catches. And this year it's been more the opposite because the offense has been struggling more. So yeah, the, the Steelers have a problem on their hands with this player. The Steelers have a problem on their hands because they're not winning football games the way that they have. Uh, we we talked about it when they lost that game to the Patriots on Thursday night, uh, almost two weeks ago now, where the the crowd didn't stop believing they were going to pull it out until the final fourth down failed conversion. And it, it, it felt like a surprise twist ending to the crowd. That, that stuff is probably what's happening for the players too. And I think this, these noises only get louder. They've got a really interesting one against the Bengals because this is a, it's not a primetime game, but it's four 30 on Saturday Yep, at home. And I, I don't see any reason to expect the Bengals to lose that game. Do you? I don't. Mason Rudolph is starting at quarterback. I mean, right. come on, you know, like there's <laughs> Bengals this, are only favored by two. Yeah. But imagine the scene in Pittsburgh if Cincinnati goes in there and wins 30 to 13. Yep. It, yeah, it's, it's gnarly. Because now you're talking about a team that's seven and eight and and eight eight losses in the the AFC is you're you you might not be mathematically eliminated, but functionally you are eliminated from the playoffs at that point. So, yep. I I you know, and I I'm not trying to say that I'm only rooting for the Steelers to lose to watch that happen, but it is high on my list of priorities. You know, I've been waiting to show up to the funeral. Of I've, course, I've had the tuxedo in the closet. I've been waiting. Uh, I want to give everybody an idea of what Jalen Warren said. His response to being told what Pickens said, his damning admission. I see where he's coming from. It is what it is. At the end of the day, he was doing what he thought was best for him. Some people play the game differently, Warren said. <laughs> if I was in that position, I would have blocked for him, but we play differently. So this is a great example of a theory Ooh. I have heard, Andrew, about guys who come into the NFL, and especially a dangerous thing when guys come from programs like Georgia or Ohio State or these perpetual winners. Some guys are not built mentally to handle losing in the NFL because no matter how good your team is, you're going to lose more games than you're ever accustomed to losing. These guys don't lose in high school. Right. They don't lose in college. Right. Can you mentally handle being in a losing locker room? Mm-hmm. Can you be a part of the fixing it, the solution, or are you going to perpetuate the problem? Right. That's what we miss with a lot of these guys. I think it, again, I'm not trying to say this is the same thing or he's done anything wrong, but Jedrick Wills, I think, has dealt with this at times. He wasn't used to losing. Mm-hmm. And you come to Cleveland and he's had some moments of losing and it has impacted him at times. Not to this degree. I'm going to be very clear, but this is what you get with these guys. What you, you think, you know, the league owes you something, you everything's going to come easy. And then this stuff happens. This is what you get. So, you know, I think your point about he should be called out in the same manner. I think is fair, but that won't happen very often. You won't go see a, a ringer piece on that. Uh, at all. Um, all right. Next yeah. thing we want to hit on, unless you have something else to add to that. Andrew. No, no, no. I, I, you're exactly right. You, it, it is imbalanced, but I, I just made note of that because again, for people that study the draft that know the draft, his limitations, liabilities in this way were well known at the time of the draft. Yep. Okay. Ravens underdogs in San Francisco is the thing we have coming up. So you noted before the show that Kyle Hamilton was a fantastic player. I think the first guy in a long time to have, 10 tackles for loss and 10 passes defended in the same season. He's a great young player. Mm -hmm. 
And he said today that he felt disrespected that the Ravens were underdogs in San Francisco, who are currently the Super Bowl favorites. Right. They're dead, what, five and a half point underdogs, Andrew? I Correct. thought that's a little, little higher than I thought it would be. I, I mm-hmm. think that, you know, when you and I were talking about this in the pregame, uh, pre-show prep, sorry, um, we had, you know, kind of mentioned that it felt like home field was back. Teams playing at home felt a little more convincing, whereas there have been some times where road teams were handling business. I feel like there's some road home dynamic, but I also don't know if I'm swayed by a recency bias or if I'm swayed by the Browns this year, right? I just watched Dallas go lay an egg yeah. in, 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 uh, in, in Buffalo, right? So, yeah, do you have anything on this? I do. So, so this year, season to date, home teams are 126 and 98 straight up. So 56% winning percentage. So there is a there is straight up a home field advantage. Against the spread, it's basically five, 500. It's 49% at home, uh, 51% on the road. So are, are you able to find like the last year or the last two years offhand? Because I am fascinated. I felt like there was a time, maybe it was because my brain is warped into the 2020 thing, Andrew, where nobody was at these home games. And I think really- that's what, what changed it. Yeah, but I will look up. Because it used to be like home teams got two two and a half points for being at home. That was kind of the the mark. Um, but I, I guess when I think of how the Ravens have played and I think of how San Francisco have played, I would definitely have the Ravens as a dog. But five and a half is a little high. I could see why they at least feel that way. But but San Francisco has been playing better football than just about anyone out there. All right. So it was 51.1% in 21 and and then 56.7% last year. So I do think it was a little bit of a COVID. Okay. That makes sense. So uh, coming off of that, I mean, I don't know. Do you have a reaction to the Ravens as dogs? Do you feel like that's right? Are we laughing at that? I mean, these are two huge games. Like yeah. they have the road game with San Francisco. I'm just telling you guys, if the Browns win the next two, and the Ravens and the Ravens, who we wanted to slip up the last few weeks and didn't, kudos to them. But they play two good football teams, right? They play at San Francisco, and then they come home off of a West Coast trip for the Dolphins. Those are two very plausible losses. It's not hard to see those two being losses, right? There's a chance in two weeks if the Browns play two teams with bad quarterbacks and come away with wins that we're talking about the divisions up in the air, and if the Browns win. Week 18 against the Bengals on the road, they would be your division winners. That, I mean, that's where we're at here. If these next two games that's are right. wildly important for the Ravens, so yep, you know, I don't know, man. That's kind of it's it's way, it's way more realistic than I think people still think. Yeah, the the key is this game against the 49ers because it's a it's a Monday nighter, Christmas night, West Coast. So they're coming back. They won't be back in Baltimore till almost morning on Tuesday. The Dolphins are playing at home on Sunday. So the Dolphins get an extra day of rest and then travel to Baltimore on a normal schedule. So if they theoretically, if they were to get beat up by the 49ers, which is possible, then have to turn around and play a very different stylistically team in the Dolphins, but still some similarities. I I think there's a roadmap here. I, I don't think it's likely but I think it's possible and I think it's up to the Browns. It's incumbent on the Browns to take care of business these next few weeks to keep that door open because who knows? And we know how badly the team, the organization, the fans want a division title. It would be about as special as it gets, man, to get a home playoff game too. I mean, 
Whew. Exactly. Uh, I, it, you don't even want to mentally go there yet because it's mm-hmm. so, you know. Yeah, but if the if if the well, Christmas night we'll be tuned into that game. If that goes the Browns' way and the 49ers win in convincing fashion, then we're mentally you're going there. Yeah, <laughs> it happens the, that fast. The 49ers have beat the Cowboys and the Eagles, so if they were to lose that game, they would still be the one seed in the NFC. Right. But right. they don't want to slip up. They want every single game in their home stadium on the way to. The, they don't. They took that trip to Philly last year. That's they, right. They don't want to do that again. So no, no. they will be caring about that game immensely. All right. Two things before we get uh, to the to the break and then our playoff predictions. Just because there are two teams coming. I have a general question for you. I think it's well known to listeners that you hate Aaron Rodgers. There's no gray area on that. Right, Andrew? So that's true. I, the question I have is this. He clearly was never going to play this year. He has, he has since said since the Jets have been eliminated from the playoffs. I'm still multiple weeks away. Right. I, 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 you know, can't come back. This is this is a this this is the time frame of this injury. I'm trying to think of the way to phrase this. Is it as simple as he was trying to motivate the team? Do you th- there's one of two ways this goes. He's either that much of an attention seeking diva that he would need to, to to for himself mentally to keep his name in the in the front of the papers or maybe keep himself driving to believe like I'm asking, is this intentional or is it like a thing he was using to motivate himself to get better and his teammates to think he could come back and keep winning? Because like if you knew all along you couldn't do this, like it was physically impossible to do this and you kept stringing it out, like it doesn't get more corny than that. It, it really do, it right. doesn't get more corny than that. I just don't really understand. Like we know, bro, you have an Achilles tear. That's the injury we will give you every excuse in the world to just not and now he's taking a roster spot at the end of the year for them. Mm-hmm. It's all very, it's what the hell? Like, what the hell? It's so weird. Yeah. Well, I, I think that the, I, I think it's both Jake. I, I don't want to go so far as to say that he's only doing it for the attention, but I also don't think you can say that that's not part of this for him. It very clearly is. I, he's one of the few professional athletes, active professional athletes that has a standing weekly soapbox that he gets to climb up on and that he gets paid for it's the whole situation is enabled by the jets from the highest level the owner has orchestrated all of this and aaron Rodgers understands that he's smart enough to understand where his bread is buttered so he knows that he kind of has carte blanche to do whatever he wants and if that includes burning a roster spot for a team that's out of playoff contention so that he can practice throwing five-yard slants to Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb to stay fresh for next year. Sure. They, he, he can do that and he can do whatever else he wants. But the the whole thing is I like so stupid, the, like the breaking right, news, yeah. like breaking news. Like he's right, not, right, right. no shit. They're done. They're not in the playoffs. So right. they're not going to, he's not even going to entertain yeah. it, but like I, entertaining it to begin with was so right. Sick. But I, Jake, I honestly think that if they had found a way to be playoff ready and he could get back on the field at some point, if they were still in contention, he would have tried it. I cannot imagine a 25-year-old, maybe, his yeah. age, trying that. I mean, I, I would have welcomed but, it on a Thursday night in Cleveland because he would, he would have course. been so scared. Yeah. But, like, I don't know, man. That That is wild yeah. to me. But, yeah, I mean, you get, you get Zach Wilson – and now Trevor Simeon, are, yeah. are, you know, those are their guys the rest of the way. So I'll say one more thing about it. 
Browns fans have been through the ringer this past month because we've had Mark Sanchez three different times. Uh-huh. As bad as that was, and it was awful, it was terrible, it will be worse watching that Thursday night broadcast. While the, Bra- the Browns are going to be up by 30, Jake, in the third quarter, and it's just going to be two hours of Aaron Rodgers talk because they think it's the only thing anybody cares about. The Browns won't get mentioned whether they have a lead or not, they won't get mentioned in the second half. It'll just be sideline shots of Aaron Rodgers talking into a headset. Can't wait for that. Must see TV. Get your exactly. Amazon subscriptions ready, folks. The other thing we have to talk about is the Bengals and Jamar Chase's shoulder. Apparently it was separated. He's going to be out for a little while. This is just a lingering one that's going to matter. Nothing to add to it other than just to keep your eye on it because you know there's a situation here. We know that the Jets are eliminated. But there is a route here um, for the Bengals to make the playoffs. We went through the simulator, you and I, and it's not easy for them to make the playoffs. It's largely driven by how the Colts and Texans perform and the Broncos. The Broncos have three relatively easy ones. We went through and tried to kind of map out, like, if the Bengals lost to just the Chiefs in Week 17, right, because they have the Steelers this week, which we, we think they'll win, and then they have the Chiefs. If they lost that, would they be out of contention for week 18 to the point that they wouldn't care and the guys wouldn't play. They will still, if they win, if they split these two, there will still be a slim chance for them to get in. If Denver slips up at Las Vegas and the Texans were to go into Indianapolis on week 18 and beat the Colts, there will be a way in. There's a couple little paths in. So there won't be a fully disengaged Bengals team. Again, now they could lose to the Steelers and then lose to the Chiefs and then they're done. But there's uh, more than likely going to be an engaged Bengals team. So, you know, Jamar Chase getting a couple weeks away from that feels like he'll at least have a chance to give it a go against Cleveland. So we wanted to just kind of hit on that main injury. Yeah, I think with the Keenum news, Stroud slash Keenum news, you now feel like that game in Cincinnati is the one you're the most worried about, right? No no doubt about it, man. No the, doubt. The See, that's news... why you want to get these two games. Exactly. That, because exactly. of the way you and I mapped it out. Now, if the Ravens were to do some losing here right week 18 would be wildly important one of the most important games in browns history since the 80s uh sorry the playoffs in the 90s but like um they uh if the if the obviously if the ravens win one of those two and then they play the steelers a checked out steelers team week 18 you don't feel good about it you're still alive in theory the if the wildest thing happened but uh at that point you know the browns pretty much would be settled into the five seed is how it would be for week 18 if the Browns win the next two and the Ravens handle their business. Right. It wouldn't be a very important game for the Browns, but right. you never know, right? You never know. That's why that's why you want to get these two because if you if you if you stumble in one of these two, then you do have to really amp it up for that week 18 game and you know, as we know, Jake Browning is a guy that you probably mentally don't have much fear for, but he's playing pretty well, right? He's playing pretty well and then at that point you'd be like a couple weeks of rest for Jamar Chase. I bet he's giving it a go week 18 with the playoffs on the line for Cincinnati. So there you go. There you have it. That's our open. We're going to come right back after break, and then we're going to do a quick prediction of who we think makes it and uh, update you on the odds as they sit here in week 16. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for all the fun you've had. So why would you go game time? They have flash deals, last-minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view, which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money. Right, It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats, like I said, before you buy them. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds, and they're sent directly to your phone. All right, So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that GameTime app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets. Create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account. Redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com. It is GameTime.co. But I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon, using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, two pieces of uh, you know sourcing we use for this. Uh, the uh, New York Times has just updated theirs today. So that's an article that we like to use, their playoff prediction, each team's path, et cetera, et cetera. And then we have the ESPN playoff machine, which isn't perfect, kind of flawed. It's a bit touchy. doesn't always update when you pick the teams. If you if you set it once, you're good. But if you go back and try to change them, Andrew and I were like, okay, that doesn't seem to be moving at all. You have to get like... You know, you have to you have to do another game and come back to that game. It's kind of it's kind of strange, but let's go through these. All right. So 
Uh, let's predict the AFC East, Andrew. We have the we have the Dolphins at ten and four, and the Dolphins uh, the rest of the season. We know that they have some tough games remaining. Uh, they have the Cowboys this week, right? So they host the Cowboys. They go to the Ravens, and then they close with the Bills in the game that could be wildly important. The Bills, on the other hand, now the Dolphins are ten and four. The Bills are eight and six. The Bills have to win out, like win these next two to make it matter, right? So you're talking games that they should win. They lost to the Patriots earlier this year, but come on, yeah. you're at home. So yep. at the Chargers, depleted team, Patriots uh, after that at home. So you're talking about them going in at 10-6. and six. The question is, do you think the Dolphins, who are getting a team in the Cowboys at home, who are not – Cowboys haven't been a very good road team this year. So that's something to consider. Who are you taking to win the AFC East? I am taking the Dolphins. Okay. They have a I, 99% chance to make the playoffs, and they are 60-40 with the Bills to yeah, win the division. I, I don't feel great about it, but I feel pretty good about the Dolphins getting this one against the Cowboys. Me too. Surprisingly. I, I think the Ravens game is probably one that they're going to be – they will be underdogs in that game, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. And then, obviously, it all comes down to Week 18 against Buffalo. I think the Dolphins, considering they're at home – and they will, I think, I don't know that there's a way that they can have their division locked up by that point, I don't think. So based on that, you have to assume they would be super motivated to play that game. The Bills have been playing better as of late, but I still don't fully buy in to their defense being fixed. I, I don't either for some reason. I don't either. So I, I, I need to see... You know, Buffalo in that that marquee game down south is going to be the one that swings the pendulum, right? Okay, so based off how we have the predictions set up here, if Miami comes into the game eleven and five, Buffalo at ten and six, and Buffalo beats them, then Buffalo wins the division. So it's not a crazy path to getting Buffalo to ten wins. It's actually quite realistic. And Miami's splitting their next two, so it all comes down to who you believe essentially is going to win, Buffalo or Miami, and in Miami. So that's it. I probably lean your direction too. So we'll both take uh, Miami, but we'll, but we'll also have, so that'll put Buffalo at 10 and seven, which makes their entry into the playoffs a little bit interesting. Some of the prediction models we have where the Colts go 11 and six, and then the Broncos get to 10 and seven, Andrew, they're out. The mm-hmm. Browns are the five, the Colts are the six, the Broncos are the seven. And that thus eliminates. Right. There's, there's a chance that the bills, Dolphins game if the Bills win they win the division and have a home game if they lose they're out of the playoffs which is crazy that is a crazy swing wow okay so uh we are basically in this theory I guess based on what we think I mean we can go through the rest here we have the Dolphins in I mean we have the Ravens Browns situation do you want to predict the Browns are going to steal this thing and get to I would love to Jake I would love to but I can't I it's it's just if it was one game if the if the freaking Rave Rams had figured out a way to win that game. Yeah. If the Jaguars hadn't pissed down their leg all of the first half last last uh, Sunday night, a lot of piss. It was obscene. Yeah. That's the only word for it. Um. If those things hadn't happened, then you feel good about the yep. the the one game with the Forty ers I feel pretty confident the the Ravens are going to lose that game because I think the Forty ers do the sorts of things that can get after what the Ravens. Yeah. weaknesses are yeah i think the, the 49ers will be able to run the ball on baltimore 
play from a positive game script and and win that game. I will say Keaton Mitchell being done for the year is a pretty big You're loss right. for the You're right. They, they they're going to struggle in the running game, I think down the stretch, but the, and the other thing, like I'm not at all rooting for this injury, but it is worth mentioning that Lamar Jackson struggles to play a full slate. Yeah. And he's he's avoided it so far. So it's just it's worth it's just worth mentioning from the standpoint that even if he picked up a one game knock, that could change all of this vastly. Yeah, the Browns have a six percent chance, right? Ninety two percent chance according to the New York Times here, but a six percent chance to win the division. It's it's low, right? It's lower than um the Colts. It's low, but it wasn't that low last week. I think it was like four percent. So it's getting higher. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, these two games, I mean, again, exactly. these are very possible losses where the Dolphins probably would do anything to not have to go into that Bills game with the idea sure. that this matters, right? For Which sure. would then change the scope of the game for the Bills because then they would have that chance to sneak in. Um, but nonetheless, anyway, um, and we can probably map that out real quick if we if we looked at it. So if you said Miami wins week 17, so they get the they get the Ravens. So in the world where we're saying the Browns are in competition here, that's Miami going into Baltimore winning they're 13 and four. They don't play their guys because it doesn't matter. Right. Although they would be the one seed then, and they probably don't want to risk that. So they would probably play their guys. But in that scenario where Buffalo wins to get to 11 and six, Miami goes to 12 and five. Yep. That's not something Miami wants. They'd play their guys, but the bills would get in as the seven seed. So they'd be 11 and six and get in as the seven. And potentially be, if the if the Browns are twelve and five and the Ravens are twelve and five, the Browns win the division. The Browns become by what be I've the, got here would be the two seed. The Bills would come. So to the Cleveland. Bills would come to Cleveland, and that's one of the worst matchups. It'd be awful. It'd <laughs> be awful. And the funny thing is, if if again in theory, if the Browns were to lose to the Bengals and lose the division on that last week, they would be the five four heading to Jacksonville, which is a matchup we really like on the flip side of it. So, you know, right. you got to ask right. yourself, do you like the more favorable matchup on the road or do you like to get a home playoff game and win the division? I would take well, a home playoff game and win the division, no doubt. Exactly. But it is something. D- to despite the the chances of of whatever that would be. I think the you 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 would take that every time. The the only thing I would say is that you know, the obviously the scenario that I don't think we've fully mapped out but we should map out while we're here is if the the Dolphins have to lose to the Cowboys. mm mm-hmm. Mhm and then beat the Ravens in that scenario, regardless of how that game plays out. Well, yeah, regardless of how that game plays out between Buffalo and Miami, if the Chiefs lose once, that's how the Browns get the one seed. Okay. They right. need, they need fr- from here, they need a loss from the Dolphins. They need, or no, I'm sorry. They need two losses from the Dolphins, two losses from the Ravens, and a loss from the Chiefs. Yeah. Right, so the Chiefs would need to lose like their last game. That's that's tough. If you look at the games that are non-Bengals, and they could certainly lose to the Bengals, right? Yeah, the Chiefs which, have which wouldn't in this scenario bother the Browns at all. The, they would need to lose like this week to the Raiders, and if that right. happened, right, your Browns would be the number one seed. Yeah, in the AFC, but, but it's it's tough now because the Dolphins have to beat the Ravens, but then lose the other two games, which it it it's possible, but it's very possible. The, that path to the one seed is very small. The path to the division is a little wider. Yeah. We call it 6% in some books, right? Uh, I, I'm going to say the Bills find a way to get in this. So I'm going Dolphins, Bills, Ravens, Browns with uh, the Dolphins winning the division, the Bills getting in as the seven, the Ravens and Browns in, and then 
Um, I don't think we have to ask. Well, there are teams that are live here. So Jags, Colts, Texans, all eight and six. You know, they have the the Jags 74% to win the division, Colts 54%, Texans mm. 48%. And then the uh playoff or sorry, to that that's to get in the playoffs. The, the the to get into the sorry, to win the division 61 21 17 for mm. Jags, Colts, Texans in order there. Um I think and the I, Texans, sorry, the Texans path gets very narrow with this game this week. if yeah. this game doesn't go their way. Yeah, they're fighting for their lives. Um I think the Jags still win the division. Do you agree with that or not? I do, although I think this is probably their toughest game. They're on the road at Tampa Bay this weekend. Yeah, team that's playing well, right? The team that's playing well. The Jags are not playing well. Losers yeah. of three straight now. So it it all of a sudden becomes a, a very dangerous proposition for the Jaguars because if they lose this game, they're essentially playing from behind a little bit with the Colts because I think we – I think we expect the Colts to take care of business in Atlanta this weekend. Yeah, if things go how they're supposed to go, right, um, how we're predicting. So the Browns beat the Texans. And then the course of Week 17, you get Houston winning at home, C.J. Stroud back against the Titans, very plausible. You get the Colts beating the Raiders, again, quite possible, right? Um, you head into the final week where you have a very interesting dynamic at play here where the Texans have a path. The Texans have a very real path here um, if, you, if you look at uh, the certain uh, situations. So if they went into, again, back to that Dolphins situation where the Ravens beat the Dolphins, which seems like it's quite likely the Dolphins beat the Cowboys, right? So the Dolphins would be the two. These, these things are very possible, like very possible here. So I think what, what gets interesting is week 18. If you say everything's up in the air for these two teams because Denver's path to 10 wins seems very open, right? Right. If you look sure. at Denver, they go um, week 16. Denver has a home game against New England. They have a um, home game against the Chargers, you yep. know, roll your eyes at, and mm-hmm. then they get um, a game at the Raiders to close the year. Those yep. seem like three wins. Anything could happen, but those are heavy favorite situations. Where week 18 gets interesting is if the Colts lose and the Texans also get to 10 and 7, they get the sixth seed. The Broncos get the seventh seed. Right. The Bills would be 10 and 7 if they lose to Miami. Right. Right. That's where you get Miami's the two, the Ravens are the one, the Dolphins, um, sorry, the, the Broncos are the seven and six. So the Browns would get this just feels like I think this feels like the most realistic path. Let me put it that way. If I'm gonna predict it, here's what it is. Ravens the one. Yep. Dolphins the two. Okay. Chiefs the three. The four is Jacksonville. The five is the Browns at Jacksonville. Texans get in as the six at Kansas City. And then the Broncos are the seven seed at Miami. That's the prediction I have. I agree with that, except I've got the Chiefs at two and the Dolphins at three. I think the Chiefs went out. I think I just didn't switch over the Chiefs uh, one game that we predicted. Yeah, gotcha. I, gave, I gave Vegas. So yeah, flip those two. That's the most likely yep. path. Right. Ravens, Chiefs, Dolphins, Jags. And Browns, Browns, Browns Texans. I have. Oh, Browns, you've got the Texans. Browns, okay. Texans. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I just, I think I like the Colts. All right. So you're, yeah. That's what it comes down to is that Week yeah. 18 game of the of the Texans traveling to India. Yeah. And I'm saying, well, you know, Jay Stroud with all on the line, yeah. baby. The the takeaway here, Jake, is that we get a lot of these games head to head still. Yeah, it's going to be fun. That Colts Texans game is going to be so meaningful. That Bengals Chiefs game will be super meaningful even though it feels like a long shot but it still feels possible given mm-hmm. that rivalry between those two clubs 
Obviously, Dolphins-Bills week 18. The Browns are in this between this week in Houston and the end of the season in Cincinnati. Those are two mammoth games for them. It's 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 going to be a really really interesting uh, race, and I think there's a chance there's a chance that this all ends up with every team in the playoffs being eleven and six. Oh, there's a very real chance there, right? We have the which is bizarre. That's crazy. Yeah, like this is the thing. If everything we laid out for you guys is is true, leading up to that Texans Colts game we're talking about, mm-hmm. the Browns game would not matter. The Week 18 game would not matter. If you pick Cincinnati and they win, doesn't matter. You pick the Browns to win, they go to 12 and five, or they stay at 11 and six. They're sitting at the five seed. So, there again, you go. I don't. I really don't mind being the five and facing the winner of the South. I just Agreed. don't mind it. Agreed, so. because none of those road environments are that scary. You're nope. you're playing in Jacksonville, you're playing in Indianapolis in a dome, you're playing in Houston in a dome. I'll take my chances in any of those three environments. The weather will be fine. The, the those crowds are are relatively tame. Yep. I I think the Browns they wouldn't be favored in those matchups. I think they would be slight underdogs. But with Joe Flacco as the quarterback, I think you like their chances in those scenarios. I'm and then I'm you very a, comfortable at this point being the five seed. And then you get a rematch, Joe versus his old team. There you go. Book it. Book Book it. it. All right. There's our playoff prediction. Take it or leave it. You got it. All right. So we are out of here. Thanks again. I want to reiterate the start of the pod, which is a giant thank you to everybody who donated and gave us money and gave the kind words that you did. Those things mean the world to us uh, and doing the show and making it worthwhile. And I think there's some exciting stuff to come down the line, which you guys will be the first to know. And we'll try to do at the beginning of podcast so you guys can listen to that right away and understand what's happening, where the show can be found and all that stuff. So uh, big plans to come. And we're happy to have you guys be a part of it and care so much about it. That is uh, it's just flat out fantastic. So thanks to all of you again. You'll be hearing from us if you if you gave us your time uh, in a DM or you gave us some money. Appreciate that. And then uh, obviously we'll continue to to drop the podcast schedule we did this week. I did not get to the comprehensive breakdown. Uh, I'm trying to map out time and didn't quite have the time I hoped I would, but I have a promise to deliver that to you the rest of the season. So we'll get that squared away on top of the chalk talk on YouTube. So there's your schedule. We'll get uh, a little behind enemy lines coming for you on Friday. Very quick version of that. Keep you updated on the injury report. And then we'll get our OBR weekend, which we always do. We need to go back and look at our bowl results. I'm not feeling great about those bowl result picks. So we'll update you on all that. And then before you know it, it'll be Sunday game day. So thanks for stopping by, guys. Appreciate you a ton. Check in with us tomorrow. Until then, go Browns.